Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Emily Schur. Emily is a photographer based in Los Angeles, California. She has worked with clients such as Adidas, HBO, Hulu, National Geographic, and Netflix, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Emily about how she got her start in the business, photo- photographing for magazines such as Vibe Magazine, working with legendary photo director George Pitts, as well as how she approaches advertising campaigns and um, shooting movie posters. And also I have a really cool discussion with her about um, her personal work where she's been traveling to Japan for years, is kind of documenting and shooting on film. So a really interesting conversation and someone I was looking forward to talking to for years. So I hope you enjoy it and thanks so much for listening. All right, well, Emily Schur, welcome to the podcast. Excited to have you on here. A lot of people have been requesting you for a while, so excited to talk to you. But I guess to start off, I was just kind of curious, um, how's everything going with you? Um, like everyone else, the last couple of months have been kind of crazy. Um, how, how's life going for you these last couple of months? Uh, well, thanks for having me. Yeah. And yes, life is a bit different lately. Um, and me myself i mean all things considered i i shouldn't really complain that much i have you know my husband and my dog my parents are safe we're at home you know comfortable and just trying to you know get through it um other than that like just general base like safety and life necessities you know work is pretty interesting <laughs> yeah because um, right have you now. have you even been, have you been working at all or has this been pretty much dead the entire time since this mm-hmm. kind of lockdown started the the last real shoot i had was the first week of march mm. and um people were kind of you know doing the elbow <laughs> and, and stuff like that on set it was a large set. Uh, There were quite a few people there. And I had a little thing, a hand sanitizer, you know, on my Apple box next to my, my camera and stuff that I was using all day and just being um, a little neurotic anyway. So, um, you know, but I, I did not think that that was going to be my last shoot ever um but (laughs) i hope it's not i had since then everything just went away anything that was you know possible or holding or people kind of checking to see availability like everything just shut down and went away um and now things there are a couple like people trying to like maybe try to do a shoot or see if a shoot is doable and um which obviously would be great if you know a job did happen um Mm -hmm. but no one really knows i think how it's exactly going to work yet and and i haven't worked uh since that first week of march so yeah um, yeah it's definitely uh crazy i've talked been talking to like a couple like art producers and stuff and 
even in Boston, um, one of the big agencies, Mullen, they just like laid off like all their art producers. Like one of the art producers had been there for like 30 years and they just laid her off wow. last week. And from talking to some art producers, I think it's like, they're still trying to figure out like going forward. Cause like, as you know, like some of your productions when you're shooting these ad campaigns, there can be 30 people more on set, you know? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, for sure. So they're like, the art producer I was talking to was like, yeah, we've actually already been talking to like OSHA and trying to figure out like this procedures to move forward because it's like, even with those bigger shoots, it's like now there's like this extra liability now because it, yep. it's like, oh, yep. if someone gets sick, then they can sue. So it's like, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's what do you think the the rest of the year is going to look like? You think it's, it's going to be pretty slow or what are you kind of game planning for at this point? You think <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to know. Well, I am. A, I am a cautious person. I am a saver. I generally my my work schedule is very up and down. It's you know never been just like on fire all the time. You know, like I have peaks and valleys, so I I like to have a cushion mm -hmm. either way. Um, I my feeling about it is that if I could squeak out you know a couple decent jobs, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, through over the next six months, that would be great. Um, I'm not expecting, I'm kind of, I, I'm not expecting it to be totally dead, but yep. I'm also not expecting it to be normal in terms of, because we just can't produce shoots mm -hmm. the, the same way right now. And I, I don't know how long that's going to last for, but, you know, like you said, even if we could go back to work, there's going to be a lot of liability and a lot of figuring out ways to, you know, uh, tighten up the crew numbers and having less people on set, you know, mm. I think a lot more prep, maybe more post work, maybe less on set time, shooting time. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not really sure. I think for some types of photographers this may like still life this may impact them a little less maybe yeah. they'll be you know may be able to maintain a normal um amount of work but for people who do what i do mostly it's uh it's gonna be interesting um no, you can, you can not, photographing people. <laughs> now you can now you can just go full bore on photographing cell phone towers. Like you're, you're I mean, <laughs> make make you know. make the transition and go full bore on the cell phone tower uh, series. It's a good series. Thanks. I I I feel like it's this is definitely it's been an interesting time to kind of I think a lot of people I know are, are like reflecting on what is important to them. You know, obviously the family and, and health yep. stuff is number one, but um, in terms of photography and how we spend our time and what we put ourselves on the line for and what is worth it, what's not worth it, you know, all the stress and all the, energy you know stressful energy that we all kind of felt 
before everything just shut down, it's like, do we want to go back to mm-hmm. to things being exactly the way they were? Or do we want to use this time to maybe think about how we would like things to be for ourselves? Um, you yeah. know? Is, so, there, is there anything that, like you're saying, you, now that you've had the time to kind of like think about that stuff, is there anything like you kind of like you'd like to pursue more, you think, going in the future now that you've kind of had time to think about it? Well, and I think about that kind of stuff often, um, and I have definitely had my little mini struggles with um, <laughs> what I what I do for a living versus the work that I make. You know, if it's just my own time and and up to me. Um, so this has been a, a way to. I mean, I can't physically cannot shoot the things that I usually shoot for money. So I, which is aside from not making any money, that's fine. Um, (laughs) I like photographing landscapes and I like making quiet pictures and I like wandering around with a camera and I do that. I've been doing that since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So um, that is something that has not changed and, Luckily, I can still do that, and I have been doing that, and it, it, that part of it's been nice, um, you know, yeah. to be honest. It's been cool. Yeah, that's actually, like, one of the interesting things about your work, like, looking at, obviously, like, you're saying, like, you make most of your living from photographing people um, for editorial or commercial purposes and all the entertainment stuff, but then, like, looking at your personal stuff, it's just you, like you're saying, it's kind of wandering around, like, might be Japan or, like, the cell, mm-hmm. phone, cell phone tower stuff um it's like because like having not met you before would you kind of would you say you're like an extroverted person or introverted <laughs> introverted person because it's like like you're saying it's like two polar opposite types of work yes I, i'm definitely an introvert mm. um i'm definitely definitely an introvert and my career path kind of came from decisions i made as a younger person, uh, you know, pursuing photography and wanting to, you know, be like other photographers I admired or, you know, work that I saw in magazines and and loved. And when I was in college or in high school, you know, like being like, this is what I want to do. This is, this is the kind of work I want to be doing. And it's funny how you when you kind of, (laughs) you get what you wish for. And sometimes you're like, Oh yeah, that's maybe not my natural way. You know, I, I, I like people. I like, um, a lot of the collaborations I've had. I think it's, it's really rewarding to work with people who understand and enjoy being photographed and, um, you know, performers. I, I mean, there's, there are some aspects of it that I really, really do love. And then there are some that are so opposite to my, mm-hmm. my personality. And, um, but it's just kind of the path I chose early on. And that's just been what, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm grateful to even be making a living here. So <laughs> I have to, I got to take, take what comes and I have to, it's, it's very difficult to switch up your, your, you know, if, if people want to hire you to photograph 
comedians or actors or whatever, and you decide at one point that you don't want to do that anymore, it's really hard to shift gears and, and now pivot to have people think of you as a different kind of photographer and for you to pop up in their mind first when they're looking to hire, you know, someone who does landscapes when there are hundreds and thousands of other landscape photographers they're already familiar with and and have been working with in that way so a lot of it has been sort of just riding the momentum and being grateful to have the work Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying it's bad work it's you know it's it's definitely not bad it just is a little it is a little um different from my my natural personality and, and how I am. <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting to hear. And like when you're like a younger photographer just starting out and you're you're trying to make your per- first portfolio of like portraits and you're photographing people. And like you said, you're kind of introverted. Um, were those shoots kind of like nerve wracking for you? This kind of dealing with people and do you feel like you kind of this build that confidence and communicating with people over time or is it still kind of a, a nerve wracking thing sometimes for you still? Um, it's, it's not nerve wracking for me now. I definitely, I feel very, um, at this point I I have so many years of experience, um, walking into so many different types of situations with so many different types of people. Um, it, it's taken me this many, I mean, I've been working probably 20 years, so Mm -hmm. it's taken me, you know, uh, this many years to, to reach the point of, comfort and confidence that I have in, in what I do. Um, but you know, when I was first starting out, I, I never had any nervous energy around, uh, what we call quote unquote shooting real people, um, in, (laughs) in the industry. So non celebrity people. Um, but I think when I, because I was, I always wanted to photograph, actors and be a celebrity portrait photographer i wanted to shoot entertainment since i was a teenager and when you're a teenager that kind of stuff is like really a big deal you know being famous is a big deal being you know act in movies and tv is a big deal meeting someone in a band that you love is is a big deal um and i think that i initially when i was younger and first started getting assignment work with with musicians or actors or whatever it was there. I did have some nervous energy around that, um, that I, I, you know, over time just kind of learned how to suppress that, how to, to not be so nervous. A lot of that comes with being prepared going into a shoot. Um, and then a lot of it is kind of just an inner dialogue, like, you know, hey, people are just people. Everyone is a person. Everyone kind of ultimately wants to be treated fairly and honestly and to think that this person has their best interests at heart, that this person being the photographer. Um, you know, it's not it's not that complicated, really. So, mm. you know, and, and I think also getting my technique down um, over the years has made a big difference in my level of comfort walking into a shoot with, you know, a bunch of people I don't know, or kind of having to make my voice heard in a 
big group of people or being on set with, you know, 30, 40, 50 people. Um, a lot of that for me has been about honing my skills, making sure I can go into a on set and, and I know what I'm talking about. You know, I'm not just kind of like, uh, yeah, uh, we can, maybe we can do that. You know, it's <laughs> like, I, I can, I can give accurate and, and honest answers to questions, which is, which is helpful, I think, you know, for people who might be feeling some nerves. Yeah, you have to, the if if you show it's like any it's like any uh it's like any job if you don't have confidence in it people aren't going to have confidence in you pretty much so if you go in there 100%. with the confidence they're like okay I trust this it's like it's like anybody's ever gone to a doctor who like has a weird personality or something and they're like I've had this feeling before where it's like I don't I kind of don't want to go to this doctor you kind of make me feel sketched right. <laughs> sketched out yeah like I'm not I'm not leaving here feeling like you know this. <laughs> person has all the information or they're you know really looking out for me or we're we're doing everything we possibly can you know mm -hmm. like I I do feel like you you have to have that confidence and it's sometimes you gotta fake it a little bit um but I also think that there's lots of things we can do and learn to make it real, you know, to, to really feel like, Hey, you guys hired me for a reason. I know, I know what I'm doing. You know, I know how to make this look however I want it to look, you know, any, anything that um, is within my capability. I, I feel confident that I can, that I can do that. Yeah, so it's just a matter of like rounding out your skill set to, to, you know, be able to, to prove that. Definitely. Yeah. Cause I was looking at your Instagram and you posted, um, you photographed a uh, ghost face from the Wu-Tang clan. Um, I think it was for like Vibe, oh, Mag yeah. Vibe magazine years ago. And you had an interesting, uh, you wrote a little description of the shoot about how you, you shot this nice photos, like on uh, type 55 Polaroid, really nice portrait. <laughs> and then, uh, rest in peace, type 55. Uh, and, uh, he, he saw the Polaroid and this drew a giant X in front of it. And, uh, yep. And you kind of mentioned like, <laughs> it, did you kind of like, was that kind of like one of those situations where was that kind of like defeating to yourself as a younger photographer where like you're obviously proud of that portrait, but then the person comes in and just basically tears it up in front of your face. Like, how do you deal with those scenarios? Because I'm sure it still happens now. It's just not on Polaroid. They look at the monitor yeah. and they're like, oh, I don't look, I don't like that. Like, how do you deal with that? Yeah, that's a... I mean, that shoot with Ghostface, it was so long ago. And I remember, you know, it was early on in my my photo career. I was living in New York then. Um, and I, uh, you know, we wound up waiting about five, six hours for Ghostface Damn. to show up and be ready to, to shoot. And um, we had, I'd set up all of these, uh, like natural light dependent setups in the studio that and it's like, you know, just watching the sun kind of like disappear, move throughout the day <laughs> and then eventually go down. And then it's like, all right, we have to, so we had to reset, um, you know, basically just redo all of the, the shots. And, and I was a little frustrated at that point, but it, of course I, would never let the subject know that. And I, you know, keep that to myself. And I remember him 
he was very nice, but he uh, he saw that that particular shot, that Polaroid, and he didn't like it because he was smiling. Got it. <laughs> I guess not looking hard enough. And yep. it was funny because he X'd out the Polaroid, but because it's type 55, we had the negative in the bath, you know, yeah. and, and so I was just like, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like kind of made me smile that I think he thought that he was probably uh, vetoing that yeah. picture making it not usable you know and and it actually was usable and i i respect um talent's opinions for sure um i you know in general i never would feel good about like getting you know it's not like i want to get one over on the people i'm photographing or i always want them to feel like they look good or they're enjoying the process or they feel like they're being heard. And I, I completely respect the collaboration between mm-hmm. myself and the subject. So it's really not about, um, you know, like, I don't care what they think. I'm, I'm going to use what I want to <laughs> use. You know, I, yeah. it, especially with digital, you have so many eyes on the monitor and the shoot. And sometimes it is a bit much, you know, and I'll, I'll have to say like, Hey, like, you know, don't look at the monitor. Like, please don't look at the monitor. Just, just stay with me. And you know, we're, it's not in my best interest to use bad pictures of you, you know, or to send in unflattering or bad pictures, like anything that's like an off moment, all of that stuff, it's all going to go in the garbage. You know, it's like, there just has to be some trust there because otherwise, you know, you would have people just, I mean, I've had people go through and they're going through every shot with the arrow keys and they want to know how to delete images. And you have to really put your foot down in that situation. And because that's that's not that's not for, you know, them to be doing at that time. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's it's like a tough thing because like I've been in those situations when I was like a photo assistant. And it's like, like you're saying, there's like a monitor, you got you, your digital tech, then you might have a couple assistants, then you got the art director, and then maybe the client. So you could have like 12 people and everyone wants to put mm-hmm. their two two cents in. Uh, yeah. how, how do you kind of manage that like chaos? Because it's like, uh, I'd almost compare it like, you ever gone to like a wedding and the the I've, I've only know this from shooting weddings where it's like you're trying to shoot the group photos and then behind you you got every aunt uncle and family member <laughs> trying to shoot photos with their cell phone and you're trying to like draw the attention to you so like how do you manage yep. all, all that chaos well and and also there's kind of the added um issue of setting a a, a tone and a vibe on set you know because there's an easy way to manage that chaos and that is like kicking people out or telling people not to talk or telling them to get away from the monitor, but that doesn't really serve the, the shoot overall, you know, like you're, you're setting kind of a negative tone when Mm. you, when you do stuff like that. So which, and it's not even in my nature to just, you know, be that way or say those things anyway, but you also do have to assert, your um, authority over the set. You know, you you can't have people thinking that you're just one other person on set. You're, it's you know, this is your shoot. You have to command the 
the space and you have to be the voice that people are listening to. You have to be, um, you know, the one in control here and also be collaborative with the people that are paying you to do the shoot. So a lot of times I'll, I'll kind of have a discussion with the art director, creative director before we get talent on set. I will, if I haven't worked with them before, you know, maybe I think it's generally good to have a conversation about how they like to work, how they want to, um, you know, interact with talent. If, if, you know, I should be the only person kind of giving them direction or if, you know, sometimes there are situations where I've had creative directors kind of standing next to me. And if we're in a time crunch or if they know they want something really specific, you know, they can kind of also shout out some, some direction. Um, you know, if, if that's what that job and, you know, works best for that job. Um, it's generally speaking, I think that it's nice to have a monitor away from all of us for hair, makeup, wardrobe to, to be looking at yep. because they like to get really close. <laughs> they want to see, you know, the makeup and the yeah. clothes and it's not really great for my tech to have everybody yeah. hanging over his shoulders. And, yep. um, you know, so I try to kind of compartmentalize the different teams and give them their own spaces and make the actual set that we're shooting on somewhat private feeling you know maybe we'll we'll put up some some privacy some b-flats some duvetine whatever to kind of just make this space just separate it from the rest of the chaos of the room you know mm -hmm. and then that kind of makes it seem like once that the talent steps onto the set then they're just in you know this is photo time you know it's not <laughs> not like picking things apart on the monitor time, not, you know, I turn the monitors away from them. I, I try to make sure that everyone can hear me and just try to take some, some level of control in a way that feels warm and friendly still and not like yeah. <laughs> drill sergeant. -y. And were there like uh, early on in your career, like uh, were there any like mistakes you made early on? Like, Cause I know, I remember when I, one of the first shoots I had, I, I, uh, you're like just so happy to get the job that you're, I almost felt like a sense of like, I didn't want to almost put my create creative input into it too much as if I was like bugging the client. Cause you're like, it's like this balance of like art and commerce. Like, ha yep. have you always been good at like, did you ever have those feelings before early on in your career where you're, you're almost like you, you didn't want to insert yourself too much or you know what I mean? I do. Um, I, I mean, I, st <laughs> I still have, uh, I really feel it out on a job by job basis. Yep. Um, because I still have, have feelings and times where I'm, I'm like apprehensive about asking too many questions or, um, you know, making too many suggestions. Sometimes I think it's a matter of, reading the room kind mm -hmm. of, you know, um, is if my input is asked for, I always gladly give it. If yeah. I can tell that an, you know, a, a creative 
people, the art director, creative director, are are struggling a bit on how to, you know, like, how could we shoot this in a way that will actually work? And, how, you know, what what concepts are are doable in this amount of time, you know, or if we had to lose one, which one would we lose and stuff like that? Like, those are those are conversations I feel like I have valuable insight in and I can I can weigh in because I know what's involved in taking the pictures Yeah. Um, where I wouldn't really insert my opinion is unless it's asked for is, you know, I'm not going to give my opinion on the creative, like, a, you know, an un, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> unwarranted opinion <laughs> on the creative. Um, you know, if, if someone asks, I will always give an honest um, opinion or make suggestions. Um, but I think early on, if anything, I was probably too timid. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm I'm very forthright in, in I like to have all the information. When I get a job, if it's editorial, advertising, whatever, I like to, I ask a lot of questions. I feel like I probably ask too many questions and it might be annoying to some (laughs) photo editors or art directors, but I like to go into something with all the information I can have. And I don't want to agree to something that I then find out is like, you know, the circumstances are not, are putting me in a a position to fail, you know? Yeah, definitely. No, that's smart. Yeah. I think it's like you said, every job's different. You got to read the room. Like sometimes you're probably just getting hired to execute and then other times they're right. looking for you to actually bring your creative experience and everything you've right. done, done. Cause I would imagine like one, like I saw you shot, I don't know if it was the key art or an advertisement, but you shot like the new Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, like movie poster or yep. something that was on your site. And yeah. w- with a shoot like that, I'm just guessing I could be wrong, but they probably come into it. Like, did they kind of know exactly what they wanted and like they, down to a T you're just kind of executing the art director's vision or like on a job like that, are they actually asking for a more creative input or how does, how do those jobs kind of work? Cause like with those, they knew that movie was coming out two years ago. So it's like so much planning already goes into it. I would imagine. Yeah. I shot that a, a while ago. Um, and I mean, you know, just in terms of when it actually came out, I had shot it probably a year, or maybe more um yeah before then but those types of i mean key art specifically and advertising with um like celebrity talent a lot of times there's just a need to get as much variety and um as many options as possible in the short amount of time we have with the actors Mm -hmm. um sometimes there will be you know maybe 50 different sketches going into a shoot a key art shoot and of course we're not going to do 50 shots um you know in a day in the time we have with the actors but most of it um you know whether this is good or bad i don't know but most of it involves shooting people on seamless yeah and shooting it in a way that allows for flexibility down the line. So it's sometimes not the most creative job, um, but I know that 
that I'm there to get, you know, as many different angles, expressions, different props, you know, tight, full length, three quarter, side, side, you know, all that stuff, get, get the character, get the expressions. If there's a specific idea and concept we're going towards, then that's great. And we can kind of gear the whole shoot towards making that, you know, that setup look the way it does in the sketch. But if the sketches are kind of, you know, they're not final yet, they're, they don't know which ones they're going to go with in the end. A lot of times it's just a matter of just getting the content, you know, getting the assets like getting as much as we can of Jim Carrey and the time we have and making sure that it's usable for many different applications. Um, So that is the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, I know I'm not there to conceptualize the, the shot. I'm there to, to execute and, and, you know, be proficient in what I do. Um, So it's, it's, I get the vibe, then I'll, a lot of times if, if it's not already in the deck, I'll ask for lighting references or, you know, just any kind of look feel that maybe the, the creatives are, are thinking about or um, just to give me some starting point, you yeah. know, just doesn't, doesn't have to be my work or anything. I just want to kind of know where their heads are at. If it's not clear to me already, I just want to make sure I'm going in you know, knowing as much as I can and, and then I can hopefully make them as happy as, as possible. No, no, it's interesting. Yeah. It's kind of like on those bigger jobs, everyone just has their role. Like the art director, he's got the creative concept, you're there to execute it. And then I'm sure on jobs like that, it gets passed off to like a retouching house and then they do their thing with it. So everyone's just kind of, it's got their role in, in the job. It's not just one person. So it's just kind of, you do your thing and then it gets passed off to the next guy, I guess. Totally. And a lot of times with those jobs, you know, I am not involved in any of the posts. So it's, you have to. That's kind of nice, though. Like, that's that's kind of nice, though, in a sense. <laughs> just pass it off. Here it, it is. It can be yeah. when it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't I didn't think about the bad side. It's like, oh, they, they butchered my photo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, when everyone is good at what they do, it's awesome to just kind of hand off their hard drive and walk away <laughs> and be like, sweet. You know, like, yeah, that was yeah. cool. Yeah. I don't have to spend days, you know, uh, going back and forth with retouching rounds. But mm-hmm. on the other hand then, you know, you could see something out in the world that you shot. And it had you had that input and that oversight on the post, it would probably look very different, you know? Yeah, no, that's interesting. And I guess to go back a bit, like, how do you kind of get into photography initially? Like, where'd you grow up? And like, how do you kind of initially like get into uh, photography, I guess? I grew up in Houston, Texas. All right. And, um, I took my first photography class when I was in high school and I was kind of lost as a kid. I was, uh, you know, not the best behaved teenager in the world. And, Mm. um, I always used to draw and paint as a, as a kid, like a, you know, a little kid. And I like, wasn't feeling I was feeling kind of frustrated by drawing because I wasn't as good as I, as I wanted to be. I always wanted to draw like these 
photo realistic yeah. uh, <laughs> things. And I would just, you know, I just, my hand wasn't working the way I, I wanted it to go. And photography was something I, I discovered and just really enjoyed the, the, the control that we have, but, you know, you can make it as abstract and as, experimental as you want it to be or you can just shoot exactly what you see in front of you and and kind of make your decision based on that so um i really enjoyed the the, like the control and the creativity of photography and i it took me a few years to like really figure out that this is the thing that i wanted to to do with my life um but once I, I kind of got my shit together as a, a kid a little bit, I, I, I really, really, really wanted to be a professional photographer. I wanted to shoot like Andy Leibovitz kind of level stuff. Like that was, you know, I'd always tear out pages of magazines and um, I loved fashion magazines. I loved Irving Penn um, mm. and I went to college. I went to NYU for oh, wow. photography. Uh, went to Tisch and um, lived in New York until 2005. I moved there in '94. Okay. And went to school, and then I stayed um, in New York for a while. Eventually moved here to LA. But um, did you like? First... Did you like living in New York? Oh, I loved it. I loved living in New York. Um, I lived there at a great time for me, like mm. age-wise. You know, I was moved there when I was 17 and uh, was there for about, you know, 11, 12 years. And it was the best. It was awesome. Um, and I loved being at NYU. I It was a great time to be... Um, starting work as a photographer there were a lot of magazines you know still around like yeah <laughs> in the late 90s and um early 2000s and um yeah because i saw was... the, the photo shoot i mentioned earlier you were working with the really famous um photo director george pitts he was at vibe yes. magazine um was yes. he was he kind of one of the was that kind of one of the first magazines you started working with when you kind of went professional i guess George was such an amazing uh, photo editor and just amazing person. Um, I know so many photographers have had that kind of experience with him as, you know, a mentor and just an all around like ally of the photo community in New York, you know, editorial. And um, he was just such a, cool person he was one of the first photo editors who really like talked to me like for real talked to me about working and you know what it means to you know if we hire you for this this is what I'm gonna need from you this is what I expect and you know he would talk to me about the pictures after we took them he would like you know he was just such a I mean, he was a teacher even before he was a teacher, you know, he was, 
he was like, it was like continuing education almost. And, and it was like that. I know for not just me, for so many other young photographers. And um, I maintained a great working relationship with him um, at Vibe and when he went to Life. And um, I was so sad to hear when he passed away. It was really a loss. Um, yeah, that's he's like, such a great person. Yeah, because it's always good like, when you actually have like a real collaboration with somebody. Because it sounded like it with him, it sounded like it was a collaboration where I'm sure you felt this before. Where it's just like a lot of, sometimes, especially with editorial, it can just kind of feel really very like transactional. Where it's just like we need this now, and there's no there's not really a conversation. Shit, half the times the assignments, I don't even talk to anybody on the phone. It's just like one two emails. They send the contract, and they're like, right. this is when it's due. Which is good too sometimes, but uh, do you feel like do you feel like um, getting to work with like someone like George or maybe even other photo editors too? And there's a collaboration. Um, it can just kind of bring your work to that next level sometimes. Oh, for sure. And I mean, working for Vibe at that time, I was so new. You know, I was like just so nervous to like have a meeting with George Pitts. You know, at the time it was. Like, oh, here's my work, and um, you know, I don't know what you want to say. You know, I was like, yeah, you know, a 23 year old girl, like, just trying to maybe someone would give me a shoot. And I, I didn't have, I mean, it, you know, it took me a while to kind of make form relationships with photo editors where it felt like I can. And I can just be relaxed and like, you know, talk normally and, and talk to them like I would, you know, a friend and, yep. and George, you know, he was a tall person and very distinguished and sophisticated. And, I, you know, initially I was intimidated by him because always so dapper, always so composed and spoke so slowly and like everything really had like this, you know, meaning and, and was thoughtful. And, you know, for me, I was just, just trying to kind of like, oh, I don't want to like take up your time. You know, I was just so nervous. And, yeah. <laughs> and he really put me at ease. I remember I felt like he actually respected my opinions. He thought I was a good photographer. He, you know, wasn't just hiring me to kind of assign this story and move along. It was like he, he assigned stories very thoughtfully. He, he really like picked photographers for specific stories that he felt were a good match and just like, which might seem obvious and yeah, that's the job. But I, like you said, I don't feel like every shoot is like that. A lot of shoots are just, I can tell that you know, the photo editor is probably overworked and yep. they've got a lot on their plate and they just need to like assign the story and get it done. You know, it's no one's fault. It's just the way things are now a lot of the time, unfortunately. Yeah, it moves quickly. And like when you're first starting out, like you said, you're in New York, you're showing your portfolio, you're trying to get work. Um, like early on, did you kind of ever have moments of like doubting yourself? Like, is this actually going to work? Because um, I know sometimes at least uh, maybe early on even maybe maybe now still like uh, the photo industry you can kind of feel like an outsider sometimes like especially when you're Absolutely. when you're first starting out it's like oh how do i get into these circles um to get your foot in the door but like how did you kind of push through 
And like I said, did you kind of ever doubt yourself early on as a young photographer that's trying to get work? Oh, I, I, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Have I ever not doubted myself? <laughs> really, uh, I mean, in the beginning, I yes, there is no like uh, book that you can buy or a website you go to 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 learn just like if you do this and then you do this and then you do this in this order, you will be a working photographer and, you know, all you have to do is follow these steps. There's nothing like that. There's only, you know, having friendships and relationships with other photographers who are going through the same thing, seeing what's working, what's not working, um, asking for, you know, guidance and, and help. And I, I didn't really know any photographers with the exception of a, a few people I went to college with who were a year or two older than me who yeah. were already working. Um, and like Matt Salakis, who I know you've had on, uh, on the show before, yep. one of my closest friends, um, you know, like he, people like him were really the only, only outlet I had into what it's like to get assignments and, and then, show up and do the shoot and interact with the subject and, you know, set up lights. And I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. You know, just like, <laughs> like, like, all right. I said, okay. See what he's doing here. And, and I, you know, without that and some common sense, I mean, back in the day, I don't, I don't even know if this still takes place but there were you know like drop-off days for magazines where they would look at portfolios and I had an office job and I would take my lunch break and I would every week drop off my book to one place and it just really feels so I remember just feeling very random like all right cool well here's a book (laughs) uh like let me know it's like yeah you can pick it up on Friday and then Friday, I take my lunch break and I'd go pick it up. And it's like, you never talk to anyone. You don't, you know, you only kind of can go off of your, your gut. So it's like, maybe I'll send them uh, something in the mail or I'll, you know, check in with them in a couple months or, you know, it's just, it's a slow process that really has, there's no definitive way of approaching it. It's, it's, you know, yeah, I think common I, sense and, and maintaining relationships and kind of like it takes patience, you know, it takes time. Yeah, I think that's the thing I learned from like marketing your work. Um, it's like something you have to do, obviously, to get work. You got to get your name out there. And a lot of it, it is like you got to just be persistent and consistent because most of the time you're going to be sending stuff out and you're not going to hear anything ever. But you, yes. but what you what you don't realize is that a lot of times people are still looking at that, but they're not responding to it. So it's like you might get a call in six months from some random person or something that you reached out to like a year ago, you know? It's like... Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I've had some weird meetings where I left the meeting and I was like, well, that was awkward, you know, like just... <laughs> and then like that meeting... Two months, three months later, maybe a year later, yep. it's like so and so called, um, you know, about a job, and it's like, man, I thought that that went horribly, and <laughs> and just just goes to show you, you know, like just kind of putting yourself out there, and I think a lot of it, 
and this also comes with time in my case, is not confusing your your worth as a photographer or your you know ability as a photographer with the response that your your work might get from any given person or you know entity it's like you have to kind of have faith in your own work enough to and I think that if the universe is trying to tell you something like if you you did a project and you think it's awesome and and you got zero response from you know the 250 people you you showed it to or something like that then maybe you're like you need to kind of take that in and and doesn't mean that you should not shoot it but maybe it's not commercially viable maybe it's not helping you get work you know Mm -hmm. um but i do feel like you have to have a level of of confidence and faith in your work to to not take the the rejection personally because it it there's a lot of it i mean there's a ton of rejection and it never and and it never ends i would imagine even now because you're bidding on these you're doing a campaign for netflix i'm sure like you're bidding against who knows art striber or whoever Mm -hmm. other three other entertainment photographers and that's just that's just the name of the game yep and you know sometimes you get the job a lot of times you don't get the job and it's not there's no world where that is a personal um comment on on you know who you are or your talent level or it's just someone else was a better fit for that job you know and if that drive if anything you know i've tried to use that to drive me to to just be uh, constructively critical of my of the work that I'm presenting or um, you know the work that I am you you know putting in my portfolio or uh, but sometimes it's like hey man I tried as hard as I could to get that job I yeah. I I did the calls I did the treatment I like really I could not have done anything else and I and I didn't get it and that's that's fair and square you know that's the way it goes sometimes um and that kind of stuff, it's just like that's that you can't. I get upset about it for like an hour, and then I move on. Yeah, move on to the next thing. I mean, what are you gonna What are you gonna do? I tried as hard as I could, and it it didn't work out that time. But yeah, looking look, looking backwards isn't gonna solve your problems. You just gotta keep on moving forward and just keep kind of chipping away at it and building on it. I think. Yeah, and the then, angrier you get about it, it's it, it's not helpful. You yeah, know, it's waste, like, wasted time. Yeah, absolutely. That's and that's like another thing I I didn't realize until later on, like my career, having the ability to talk about your own work and describe it to people is like an is an extreme asset, especially when you're bidding on these jobs. Like you said, you're gonna have a call, you got to put a treatment together. Um, Like when you're having these calls and putting treatments together for projects, like with the calls and stuff, do you go in with a game plan of like how you're going to approach these calls or do you just kind of keep it pretty laid back? Um, Cause it seems like a pretty important component of like getting work these days. Yes. I, I do think it's an important component. Um, the treatments are becoming more and more important. Um, I, I think that the call itself, you know, if there's creative that you're given ahead of the call 
and you're able to kind of go through the concepts and, and formulate some sort of a vision for what they're attempting to do. And, you know, maybe you speak a little bit about your thoughts on how you would approach the job and, you know, stuff like that. Sometimes they don't really have that nailed down. They just kind of want to get a feel for your personality. And um, in those situations, I try to just be like, you know, maybe more amped than I normally <laughs> might be, you know, but, you know, I want them to know that I, I do want the job. I, I yeah. want to be considered. I'm, I'm grateful for them to, you know, think of me for it. And I try to just like, you know, try to be friendly and, and be myself on the call. I do feel like though, um, in terms of the, uh, explaining how you would, approach a job either in a call or on a treatment there's like you said there's value in being able to speak about your work and there's value in being able to know what your strengths are because yeah. a lot of times if i am up against you know sometimes it's uh you know if it's a triple bid for something it's me and a lifestyle photographer and maybe someone who does uh, like way more post-production, you know, their work is, is heavy in post and all three photographers are bringing a little, something a little bit different into the mix here. Yeah. So it then becomes a creative decision. So it, it behooves me to, to know what my strengths are. And it's sort of like, Hey, at the end of the day, they might decide that the campaign or the job is better suited to a more, you know, a, a lifestyle photographer or something a little more stylized or whatever the case may be. But it's like, I know what I'm bringing to the table. I'm bringing, you know, like composition, I'm bringing lighting, I'm bringing, um, you know, clean lines, I'm bringing expressions, I'm bringing uh, humor, whatever it is, like, I'm bringing, like, very intense, like color work, whatever it is, I, I can let these people know like this is kind of what I'm I have to to bring to the table this is what you can expect if you hire me mm -hmm. and you know really leaning into that as opposed to saying oh I can do whatever you want I can <laughs> I, you want a documentary I can yeah. you know it, like it it's there has to be kind of a line where why are they hiring you you know why why would they go with you and it doesn't mean you're going to get the job because the ultimately that is a is usually a creative decision, but at least you can kind of sell your Vision. brand or, yeah. you know, your, your look and feel is specific to you and they can't get that by going to this person or that person. Yeah, so, for sure. And, and is like, is like, did it take you kind of a while to kind of find your voice as a photographer, like aesthetically and style wise? Um, is it like something you think about a lot and, like now that you've been doing this for a while, do you feel like you kind of have to stick to what you do or do you feel like you can still deviate and try new things? Or um, I guess, yeah, like I said, did it take a while to kind of find your voice, you think? Well, I, yes and no on the voice thing. Mm -hmm. I, I think um, I always have kind of been, I've always, um, been drawn to the same kind of imagery. I've always kind of really had a, a soft spot for strong composition, 
light and shadow. Um, I, I really like for everything to be in its place in a photograph. I like for the frame to be very thought through, um, which can happen in a spontaneous way or a more set up way. Um, I, I gravitate towards the same images. And I think for me, it was a lot about honing my technique to be able to execute what was in my head, you know, like, I always kind of wanted my pictures to look the same a certain way. Yeah. It took me a little while to get to the point where I could make them look that way. Mm -hmm. um, so in that way, I think that stylistically, my work has probably shifted a bit um, over the years. But that was mainly just for lack of kind of knowing how to get there. Yeah. And um, but I I do get hired a lot of times to to do kind of I I'm trying to not have my work be one note I really want to to be thought of for things other than just one thing um, I shoot a lot of comedy shoot a lot of you know kind of bright poppy things that I'm I'm happy to, to shoot and I love comedy I love shooting comedians uh, who doesn't like laughing? It's great. But, um, you know, I, I also have a side of my work that I've, I've always shot very, uh, like I kind of shoot like the, these landscapes kind of documentary spaces and places. And, um, that is something that I have struggled with, like how to show all of the, the work that I like to make and, and, that I want people to see without it feeling all over the place. And, you know, I, I feel like I still haven't really found the, the answer to that um, mm. in a way that I'm a hundred percent happy with, but I do think it's important to show work that I, I remember I used to work at um, magazines before I was shooting. And I remember one of the photographers, um, I worked at Rolling Stone and, and yeah. I met Mark Seliger when I worked there. And I remember when I was leaving Rolling Stone, I asked him if he would look at my work. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, I was like so young and just so like, just hanging on every word he, he said, I remember. And he told me to, to show people the kind of work that I wanted to get. Yep. And that really stuck with me because, you know, it's like instead of trying to please everyone and and I can do this, I can do that, I can do, you know, it's it's like I want people to think, what do you want people to think of you for? What do you, what is the type of work that you want to get? And you have to kind of show, put that in people's minds, you know, you have to show them that this is, this is who you are. So I've, I've tried to show that, that other side of my work with that in the back of my mind, like, you know, I, I would love for people to think of me for this type of assignment or whatever. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it out there. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I also know that I, I'm, I mean, I'm very grateful to be working at all. So if I get a job and the job is to shoot a, you know, an actor on seamless with bright poppy light, I, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Like I'm yeah. definitely, 
I'm showing up and I know I, I know I'm going to kill it too. Like I, I am good at that. So I don't, I don't, um, it's not like I don't want jobs like that, but it, I think we always want to Variety. feel like we're progressing and, and not just kind of, okay, I found one thing that I'm good at. Like, let me just do this for yeah, the rest of my yeah. life. It's like, no, of course we want to keep, you know, keep feeling like there's some progression and growth. Well, I saw uh, one shoot you did, uh, I think, end of last year. You shot the cover of Time magazine, and it uh, it seemed like, a, like you're saying, you shoot a lot of comedy, but with this shoot, it was more of a serious tone and more of like a like a, a message to it um, where you were um, recreating the Four Freedoms paintings by Norman Rockwell. Um, mm -hmm. I, I believe you collaborated with a couple other artists. I was kind of curious, yes. how did, was that an assignment or is that like a project you guys pitched to time or how did that kind of come together? Well, that, uh, that was definitely an interesting project because it, it was kind of straddling like personal work and um, commercial work in a way. Um, so I, my Two close friends from college, um, Hank Willis Thomas and, and Wyatt Gallery, we all went to NYU together. Um, Hank had formed this um, super PAC <laughs> called Four Freedoms, F-O-R Freedoms, um, yeah. like a, a few years ago. And this is something, I mean, he and I have been, been friends since college, and he had he's a very, very successful visual artist um, and doing less and less uh, like shooting his own pictures, more like multimedia sculpture and all like basically everything. Mm -hmm. But he, there was a, he wanted to do this. He wanted to kind of reimagine the, the, the Rockwell for freedom series. And he came to me with the idea because he knows I'm, I'm a nerd and um, <laughs> it was a very technical shoot. And so we, we talked about how we would actually accomplish this. What he wanted to do was so ambitious. Um, and I remember talking with him about it and I was just like, dude, this is a, this is like a lot, you know, this is not just like, yeah, let's show up and you know, it'll be fun. It's like, if you want to do this right, this is, major like this is casting production Sets. i need a crew i need i need my i need you know lighting I, like we need serious retouching we need we have you know this is a job like this is like basically a, a full-fledged production yeah. yeah so um he did him and um you know the people at four freedoms did fundraising and wound up funding the the project and so we he asked me to kind of treat it like I would a job um I brought you know we had props uh set um designers we had my assistants my digitech we had lighting we had locations um my retoucher uh, you know we and basically like I acted as the photographer and Hank acted almost like I guess how an art director or creative director would act on set and our friend Wyatt was like a executive producer kind of of the job and you know ultimately we're all photographers and visual artists but our you know we had these kind of conventional photo shoot roles yeah <laughs> um 
And we, so we did, we shot that over the course of like two separate shoots, a few months apart, um, a couple days per job. We shot hundreds of people for these four shots. Um, and at the time, there was no definitive end usage of the images. It was like, so let's just make what it. are we doing? <laughs> what are we going to do with these pictures? And Hank was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm like, you know, cause in my, like in my, it was such a weird thing for me because I'm either in work mode or I'm in pictures for myself mode, you yeah. know? And this, this was sort of like, I'm working with like, friends so, so such close friends i consider them family you know yeah. but also every, there's money being spent on this and i'm trying to do a good job and and make it look good because you you know you can't do rockwell and have it look bad i mean i'd like that's, yeah that's the thing yeah that's that's like the thing yeah. like anytime like yeah you're recreating something or like when they whenever have when everyone tries to like make a sequel to a movie or a remake or something it's like it's it's a hard thing to do. Yeah, and you know, it's it's I mean, none of us want to put all of this time and energy into something and have it be something we're embarrassed about or, you know, just I mean, that's not yep. that, that's not a good look. So, you know, he it was an interesting uh approach for me cuz there was no, it wasn't like, okay, we are going to do magazine cover for sure. We're going to do a billboard. It was sort of like, hey, we're going to make these pictures and then we're going to see what happens, you know? So it was a little loose, which was a little stressful for me. Um, but we wound up completing, so we did the whole series um, ourselves and pitched the images to different outlets and and try to get them seen you know by as many people in as many different ways as we could and time wound up I guess the the timing was right for a feature they were doing and um, we found out probably just like a few days before the the yeah. issue came out because with weeklies you know it's like if something else goes on in the world the story can be killed and you know so they it was like hey this might be on the cover of time this week and we'll know tomorrow and Damn. then it happened i was like oh my god it was <laughs> so exciting total bucket list uh moment and also just that the making that that series was it was so much work i mean it was for not just me for every single person involved in the in the shoot, it was, you know, probably took a year of my life to over, you know, from beginning to end wow. overseeing everything. And, and it's like, you just, I, at that point, it's like, Oh, if, if I just want this to turn out well, you <laughs> yeah. know, if, if, it's like, if this doesn't turn out well, that is a lot of time and energy, uh, you know, it, down the toilet. Cause what, it, it did. What was like, was there like a goal, like something you were hoping people, you guys like hoping people would take away from looking at these photos um, when you guys initially sat down or what was there a goal? Well, the goal was, you know, to update and um, be a bit more inclusive and representative of, 
the, you know, the American population today, um, because when those when Rockwell initially made those illustrations, it was, you know, the 40s. It was a different time. And it's it's, you know, when you look around, you don't just see uh, conventional, you know, um, mom, dad, child families. You're not just seeing, you know, everyone of like a Christian faith or one race or whatever, you know, it's, it's, so Hank really had the initial idea to, to do this just to kind of have people see these images and feel represented, um, which I'm obviously all for. And I, so the casting was important and, you know, just getting all as many as diverse a group of people as we could together and, you know, we're shooting real, real families and real worship leaders and real, you know, just kind of, and we were churning through these, these portraits and, and photographing these people and we're shooting for composite, you know, there was a lot going on. There were a lot of, um, I was curious, I noticed you guys used a few celebrities in the, in the photos, like Rosario Dawson, Van Jones, the news anchor guy, and a couple other people. Um, What made you guys want to throw celebrities in there? Is it something you guys discussed? Maybe they're shooting just, like you said, this normal people, not known people. Um, What was kind of your thought process behind that, I guess? Well, I wasn't involved as much in the casting as um hank and other friends that we brought in but i think you know having celebrities who are active in you know their um like things political issues and and you know rosario was very outspoken and people like her who agreed to be in the photos definitely are coming from a, a place where you know they have a point of view and I think can bring more eyes onto the project, Definitely. quite frankly, you know, it, it's, yep. it's, you know, that's just kind of the, what it is in our culture, like that, you know, if you see someone you recognize in a photo, you might be paying a bit more attention or kind of intrigued by it. Yep. Um, and a lot of the people we photographed are not known celebrities you know, to maybe the general public, but a lot, many, many, many of the people we photographed are notable and very well known in their, in their circles, um, you know, okay. activists, writers, photographers, artists, poets, like, you know, all these really, really like amazing people who decided to take time and, and come and be in our pictures. And it was a, a really impressive group of people that that everyone was able to bring in like we shot chuck d wow i don't think is that one is that one on your website i don't think the chuck is a chuck d i don't think so but on the there were probably like 80 something iterations of these photographs that uh for freedoms wound up making and showing on their site or in other other online places no it was amazing it came out great um, a couple more questions. I'll let you go. Uh, yeah, no problem. I saw uh, actually one photo I always loved of yours. Uh, you photographed Larry David, um, and I was always curious: was that photo of Larry David um, swinging a golf club in his living room? Was that like an ode to that Larry Salton photo? 
Yes, it okay. Was. All right. I was just, I, I, I was pretty sure it was. I wasn't sure, but uh, yeah, it was a great photo. Um, what made you kind of want to do that, and what was kind of your over overall experience working with Larry David? Because he seems like, I mean, if you watch his show, he seems like a real character. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, that was uh, that was actually an idea, uh, an idea I pitched. Um, it was for a golf magazine, and um. Uh, they asked me to pitch like funny golf ideas to Larry David, which is uh, really intimidating. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> pitch, pitch pitch funny stuff to the guy who created Seinfeld and Curb exactly. Your No pressure. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no pressure, and like all of that is also kind of forming that person's opinion of you now. Also, you know, if you come with a you know five horrible ideas, yeah. like. He could be like, I don't want to do a shoot. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, this is not my, this is not my scene. And so I, it was, it was stressful. I really, I, when I pitch ideas, I try to, I really try to like find, uh, uh, figure things out that make sense for the person. I try to look up like maybe existing images of them, seeing what, they might be willing to do or like, you know, it's, you're not going to pitch an idea of him like doing a handstand with a yeah. golf club in one hand, you know, it's like, unless, but if you're shooting a gymnast, maybe you would, it's, it's like, you mm -hmm. kind of have to pitch things that are in the doable realm and possible and, and within that person's, um, you know, capabilities and strength to do. Yeah. Um, but I also try to think about things that I haven't seen. I mean, th this is definitely an homage to the Larry Sultan picture, but I, I generally try to find ideas and think of ideas that I haven't seen done a million times or, yeah. um, you know, it's like, yeah, I get it. We've all seen this and that done every which way. Um, has, com but, has, has comedy always been like a part of your work? Like, obviously, like, it's not all you've done, but you've done like a lot of cool stuff with like um, comedians and like, like you had a cool ad with Jim Gaffigan. Um, Cause it's almost like yeah. the comedy stuff has become like, you've been, uh, you feel like you've kind of been come no to be known a little bit about that style of photography. I, definitely something I get, I get hired a lot you do I think I mean I think it's a strength I, I really do enjoy thinking about things from a like a you know a perspective where there's like a bit of a wink or kind of how to like tell a joke in in one picture is is challenging you know like making one still photograph where someone looks at it and and is like oh like I get it that's yeah. that's clever you know like that's I think that that is definitely it's, it's not easy it's it's something where you really have to there's a lot of nuance there's a lot of body language and like that shot of Larry David we I mean we really like worked hard on that room that that's not his house that was a, a location that yeah. we dressed and and you know we had to we're like preparing the whole space for him I remember I asked if he would wear pajamas and that was the the thing he was not into. He just wanted to wear his clothes, which, you know, totally fine. Um, and he, he was an hour early, which oh, is <laughs> very rare. <laughs> um, I remember he came from the dentist and 
he, I was, I was nervous uh, sh- shooting him. I was definitely a little bit like, uh, okay, you know, and, and he, he saw pictures in the monitor and he was like, good job. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he was actually a very lovely to photograph. I think he's, he completely understands the process of being photographed. He completely understands, you know, the dynamics of body language and expression and, and, you know, most performers and actors do, but there are definitely some that uh, don't as, as well as you might think, but he, he was really, um, you know, he, it was short and sweet. He, he came in, he gave us enough time to do what we needed to do. He was very pleasant. And um, then when we were done, he got in his, his uh, electric car and, (laughs) That was that. Yeah, I think the thing when look, looking at the the photos where it's more comedy to your stuff, um, your attention to detail with props is a really amazing because it's like there's like with props there's like this fine line of like like going too far, not enough, not having the right stuff. Totally. So like with those type of shoots, you spend a lot of time, and I'm guessing you probably work with like a, maybe a prop stylist sometimes. Yeah, I, I have a couple great prop stylists I work with regularly and I I'm always very happy when I can get one of the the you know my my kind of usual yeah stylists on board because I I know that they get me and I know that they'll they always like find the right stuff they understand the look that we're going for and you know the sketch or whatever it is um but I, I do feel like it, there is a real fine balance that uh, we have to find visually because you don't want to complicate a picture with throwing everything in there, you know, like that you want to make sure that the things that are telling the story are visible and that they're highlighted. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you, you know, if, if a space or a room is supposed to look lived in, and it needs to feel lived in, you know, but it shouldn't feel messy and cluttered. It should, it's like hitting the the right balance of like, you know, this can't look perfect and it can't be too clean, but I also need to be able to, it needs to be a quick read of what is going on in the picture. Mm. Um, yeah. And in studio, I, I'm definitely like a less is more, uh, type of person with props like I I feel like if if we can get as, as few things as possible I think in a studio situation where it's like a you know just the subject and a clean background and then the prop should really just kind of enhance and not it's not about us throwing you know how many, let's fill up the frame, you know, it's like, no, why does this person have this in their hand? Or why are they interacting with this thing? What's the story that we're telling? And, or what's the character, you know, uh, motivation here, whatever it is, like there has to be some reason it. for it to be in the picture, not just because we needed, we needed to put something in this shot, you know? Yeah. Like, like why, why this? Yeah, and no, what are they doing? Yeah, it's a real skill. Um, no, it's really amazing. And another thing, uh, a bunch of your personal work that I've always liked looking at, you spent a lot of time in Japan. Um, I was kind of curious, what is it you you like about Japan? Because it seems like you 
gone back there quite a bit and photographed a lot. Yeah. Yes, I love Japan. Um, I've been there over 20 times. Wow. Um, yeah, I love Japan. I I usually go at least once or twice a year um, for the past, like, 15, 16 years and just go to kind of take take pictures, enjoy being there. Um, my husband lives there, too. It's, like, kind of our, like, you know, we, we always are planning a trip uh, to Japan. Like, even if we took one, it's like, I'm always thinking about, like, the next one. What do you and like about it? I, I, oh, God, what I love, uh, it's a very peaceful place. It's a very um, beautiful country. It's really, I appreciate, like, so many aspects of of life there i i've never lived there so i i only know it as a visitor but um it's i just there's so many like small details about japan that i have kind of appreciate and then there's like a larger like it's just beautiful it's like tokyo is a beautiful city the countryside is beautiful um it's so safe to travel around there visually it's like really kind of mathematical the way everything looks everything so, it looks so clean like everything it... is clean so clean <laughs> even when it's dirty it's kind of all like <laughs> makes like visual sense you know it's like it's like the dirt is is confined to this area or whatever it is like there's there's really just so much design and thought and I think like a real reverence of, of nature there that I really um, can relate to. I, I love the way they kind of just leave things alone there, which is, it's beautiful as a, a traveler to just like, there's, you know, we've been to islands there where there's just like wild monkeys and deer and there's, you're kind of just on your own and, and interacting with the elements and, it's it's just such a it's a very very happy place for me um both photographically and just like without pictures like just such a happy place for me and you're shooting all film when you go there pretty much it looks like yep i'll film all day um since the very first trip still shooting film there um kind of just been even i mean there have been like years where i haven't shot film all year but then like we'll go to japan i'm like great now i can and then i'm like oh it's kind of there's a lot of work shooting film i gotta like drop it off Scan. and i gotta pick it up and <laughs> we, people, got, people got lazy <laughs> yeah it's like oh damn i gotta like scan and like dust all this stuff and you know spot yeah. it out and it's 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 it, but it's i think without it's not that it doesn't have to be that way. I could definitely go there and shoot uh, with a different camera and would still enjoy it and find find that fulfilling. But there is definitely something about, like, the craft of, you know, ex- you know, only having a certain amount of frames, like, making decisions about the pictures you're taking. It's fun. Like, that stuff is very important, in my opinion. And I think that... It just keeps my my brain working in that way, you yeah. know. 
Yeah, no, that's exciting. You think, have you shown that in any, in any galleries or anything? Would you ever want to do that? Uh, I have not shown it in gallery. I did publish a book. Um, oh yeah, it's on, it's on, uh, your, it's on your website. It's uh yeah, I published a book of like, I think the first 12 years of my trips there. And that was something I really, really wanted to do for a long time. Um, I was really trying to get, make that happen for years. Yeah. Um, and it finally happened and, um, I'd love to do it again someday. Um, but I, I had, I did try for a long time to kind of like, you know, be represented by a gallery, show that work or show that side of my work in, in like a fine art, yeah um forum and i i still would love to do that but i it's a lot of work there's there's only so many hours in the day (laughs) you know and it and just like in our in our commercial careers like there's a lot of rejection oh yeah you have to really hustle and i was sort of like this is supposed to be like my fun pictures you know like like it started to feel a bit too worky for me and yeah i wasn't enjoying that you know process uh with that work as much so like if it if it comes i welcome it and i i would love to you know for that to happen but i also am just want to enjoy it content yeah i want to enjoy the pro because ultimately like that work is about me reconnecting with photography with the act of taking pictures and it's not about like you know the hustle it's really just about like what i want to be doing in that moment no that's awesome and i guess my last question to wrap up is like you've been doing this for a while um what kind of keeps you going what are you excited about photographically these days and kind of any goals for the future i guess Mm. well immediate goal for the future is to maintain <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. post once we get out of this pandemic <laughs> i'm looking i'm looking forward emily i'm trying to stay positive out here <laughs> yeah i agree i'm trying to stay positive i mean i do i think that if if nothing else this time uh this like quarantine moment is it's made me feel like you know, all of us who are picture takers and who aren't working right now, we're all still taking pictures for the most part. We're all still, or we're doing something that involves, you know, photography, image making. It may not be the work we usually make. It may feel weird. It may be like, you know, maybe you're taking pictures that aren't good and and you hate them. But I think that that it just kind of goes to show that this is not just a job. This is not just like, you know, this, this is something that we do either way. Um, It's awesome. If we're able to make a living doing it. And if that, I mean, not, this is not like a downer uh, (laughs) statement for me, but if that becomes, you know, not doable for me in the future, uh, then, then that's the case. But I hope that, that that's not the case either way though i'm always gonna take pictures i'm always gonna you know take the pictures that i take for myself and i think that that's that's something that we should all be really grateful for um because not everyone has 
an outlet, you know, not everyone has like a way to, to kind of look at the, I think, you know, the way the camera has shaped our perspective of the world is something I feel really grateful for. So I think I'm looking forward to all of us just being more real with our image making and, and reaching out to each other, you know, like in moments like this, I'm, you know, which is why I wanted to, to be on here because I've really been enjoying listening to other episodes with other photographers. And I, I think it's, it's very comforting to kind of, you know, know that everyone has their, their ups and downs. It's a tough job. It's a tough life. We've, we've chosen but um you know regardless of what happens we always have our our cameras and we always have our eyes and yeah. our point of view so that's yeah. that's yeah. something to be grateful for no definitely i respect that i think it's smart like you said it's like it's great you can make a career out of it and i think i've i've always kind of had this thing i say is like you're not a photographer because you get hired you're a photographer because you take pictures it's this kind of yep. j- just like you're saying it's just like just keep keep creating and it's more about self-satisfaction or anything, you know? Yeah. It's about like, you know, keeping, staying sane and like having a a means of expression and Mm -hmm. making something that, that, you know, like you can look at and, and feel good about. It's like, you know, it's like, yeah, like that was a cool day when I walked (laughs) around my neighborhood and, and saw, that random thing I took a picture of like that was, that was cool like I'm glad I got to do that you know oh like, yeah I like thing. I like it Emily you got you got me motivated I feel good <laughs> uh, I, I can't I can't thank you enough for doing this I know I've been going back and forth with you for a while so I think people will be oh, excited thank you for asking me it's my pleasure and for people listening if they want to check out more of your work um where's the best place for them to go um I know you got emilysure.com and then I think emilysure.com, uh, em- emilysure on Instagram. That's uh, per- perfect. Yeah, that's me. I'll link it and people go check it out. And thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. So there you have it. That was the Emily Sure interview. I just want to thank Emily so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure talking to her about everything she's worked on over the course of her career. Just a really amazing photographer, someone who I've uh, looked up to for years. So a real pleasure getting a chance to speak with her. Um, definitely go check out her website if you want to see more of her work at emilysure.com as well as her Instagram at emilysure. Um, I'll put the link in the description so you can go check it out there. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, as well as my website, alexganyephoto.com, and on my Instagram, at alexganyephoto. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.